listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 278. Killer Lord's here with the one, the only, the why the hell did you take so long before I was allowed to talk, John Browston? Because I was watching your face in the camera. <laughs> oh, because I was making faces? <laughs> yes. And you were amused? Yes. And you didn't want to interrupt it? Correct. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Today... We're actually talking again about something we've talked about before, and that is love languages. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently yours is uh, teasing me and watching me make faces. Without a doubt. Uh, but this time it's a different set of love languages from a different author. It's even more love languages. It's like a whole new take on it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about it. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produ produced, produced, what are words? Produced. Every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm, on FetLife at lovingbdsmpc, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, lovingds in the number one, so that's at lovingds1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Big shout out as always to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We appreciate the ever loving fuck out of you. Yeah. Uh, if you would like access to more of whatever it is we do here on the internet, podcast episodes, live streams, plus access to a Discord server. It's the only one we've got. We only do it through Patreon. You can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lords. That's patreon.com slash Lords, or use the link in the show notes and you can join for as little as $2 per month. Ring my bell. <laughs> Sorry, podcast listeners, just messing with y'all. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, I would like to thank yet again the amazing uh, Elegantly Owned for sponsoring this week's uh, episode. Elegantly Owned is a collar shop that you can find on Etsy. You can also follow them on social media at Elegantly Owned on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and also they are part of our Loving BDSM podcast anniversary a giveaway that is running this entire month. Um, you can enter by going to lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway or use the link in the places, YouTube that's in the description box podcast listeners that is um in the show notes what are words i don't know uh, <laughs> uh elegantly owned is um giving away two collars because we have two prize packs okay the prize packs include for two winners 18 up international uh available all that good stuff uh a paddle from the kinkery that we call the enforcer it's not available to buy yet so mm. it's not like oh if you don't win it Maybe you already own it because you shopped or you could go buy it. And, not yet. Nope. Not yet. Mm -mm. We're giving something away we don't have available yet. Um, and then I have two toys from Hot Octopus, one of our favorite sex toy uh, brands. Um, we have a uh, Adam Cockering and a Curve Vibrator. And so one winner gets one, one winner gets whatever is left. You know, you get it. And then the two colors from Elegantly Owned. One is a Wonder Woman themed color and lock and it is beautiful. Uh, the other one I can see a picture of, it is also beautiful. It's not Wonder Woman though, but it's gold and silver. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, but I thought today what we would do to hype up the giveaway a little bit more is, sorry podcast listeners, but if you ever needed a reason to come watch a video later, this can be it. Um, <laughs> We'll do a quick show and tell of the paddles. Next week, we'll do a show and tell of the uh, 
sex toys. And the week after that, we'll do a show and tell of the colors. Um, and if for podcast listeners, because this is audio, I get I get the limitations, y'all. Yeah. Uh, you can see pictures of these things at lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. So let me hold these beautiful things up and you can talk about <laughs> this paddle. So we call this the Enforcer. It is a cleaver style uh, paddle. So when you hold the handle, the paddle part is all to one side, yeah? Yeah. It's mm. kind of thin, not like overly thin, but no. it's not like thick and like a brick or anything, right? Mm -hmm. One of them, it's a redwood called... That's Paduke. Thank you. And then, because I know we got some people who love this out there, the other one is also the Enforcer. It is mm -hmm. Purple Heart. Yes. Which means, if you wondered, it's purple. And actually, we're giving these away because these were made with our old finishing process and we have changed the finishing process. Yes. So these two that are available for prizes have a high gloss finish. In the camera, you can actually see it, mm -hmm. the lights reflecting back. Whereas when they actually go uh, up on the site for sale, which should happen in September, thekinkery.com, uh, they will be more of a little bit matte. Um, yeah. because of the finish. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about that at another time, another thing. But yes, this is the Enforcer. Um, cleaver style. I still, I think, feel like Cleaver style is the correct way yeah. to describe accurate. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, is that a butcher knife? Yeah. A cleaver knife? Yeah, that. That's what you might think of yeah. if you're listening and you're, or not looking at your screen or whatever. And you're like, what the heck is that? That's what these are. These are part of the giveaway. One winner will get one. One winner will get the other. Yay! Okay. So <laughs> I'm very hyped up today. And I don't know why other than, yes, these children are at school now. And so we can talk about that in the bonus section. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had. Um, okay. That was it. Uh, thank you to Elegant Leon for being part of our giveaway and also for sponsoring this uh episode and also if you want to enter to win the prize pack and be one of two winners yes there will be two winners just go to lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway or use the link in the place depending on how you are hearing the sound of my voice right now okay so now we're gonna actually get into the topic <laughs> and we are revisiting an episode we did episode 86 so this is before we even did a video version this mm -hmm. is old old uh, on love languages. And at that time, we used what you might call the, quote, standard idea of love languages. Correct. Uh, by, I believe it's Gary Chapman is his last name. Yes. Um, there's a book. There's a huge website. There's a quiz. It tells you if you take the quiz or the test what your top love languages are. Mm -hmm. We did all of that in that episode. That is linked in all the places if you want to refresh your memory or you never listened to that one. Um, and that was useful to us. We still sure. reference our love languages. Mm -hmm. um, we still try to keep those in mind when we're dealing with one another, like thinking of gifts or thinking of how we can take care of one another. And that episode, we talked about how those love languages apply to our DS relationship. Correct. Um, Gosh, in the past six months to a year, I became aware of a, um, she is both an author and a um, sex and relationship educator and practitioner. I think that means maybe therapist, just as practitioner in uh, their bio, but um, of uh, Anne, is that Hodder? I hope, I hope their last name is Hodder. Anne Hodder Ship, who kind of said, mm, the love language is as, in their current form, the original ones, are a little limiting. Mm. Um, one, it's written, and we 
commented on this before. It's written in a very heteronormative way. It Correct. assumes the original sort of assumes marriage, um, and that's not how everybody engages in relationships with right. people. Um, and I've had this on my radar for a while because I saw it on Instagram, and I, that's helpful to me. That um, Anne Hottership uh, wrote her own uh, modernized version. Mm-hmm. So I'd been saying for ages, I was like, I want us to do redo this episode, but with this lens, this book, not the old version, because we've already done that. We don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so we bought the book. Um, it is, you'll find it if you're interested, one link in the places, but it's, you'll find it at The Modern Love Languages. The name of the book is, I want to say it right, it is Speaking from the Heart, 18 Languages for Modern Love. Yeah. Um, it is considered a more expansive approach. Um, she says in the forward at the beginning um, that this, while all of this absolutely can apply to romantic relationships, sexual relationships, marriages, mm -hmm. things like that, it can absolutely and, and is meant to be interpreted through platonic relationships, sure. familial relationships. It's relationships of any kind. It's not um, hampered by certainly not gender and certainly not how are you relating to one another. You were just people True. relating to one another in some way. So we read the book, bought yeah. it, um, $10 if you two want to read it. I, Especially if you find the five love languages really limiting, I think this is a great alternative. Um, we bought it, we read it, and now we want to talk about it Yeah. through the lens of power exchange specifically through that lens. Obviously you don't have to read it that way and it will apply in every other part of life, but that's what we do here. So I thought we should do that. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, just so we know what we're talking about. The blurb for the book is speaking from the heart, 18 languages for modern love is an updated and expansive approach that recognizes that love languages apply to all relationships, not just heterosexual marriage. Understanding how we do and don't express and receive love can be a foundational part of our most nourishing relationships. Rejecting relationship hierarchy and centering platonic love, speaking from the heart gives readers a tangible tool for identifying their needs while navigating others and does so with a friendly and direct attitude. And I would say that is absolutely yeah. accurate. That hit um, the nail on the head pretty much. Yeah. It was a super easy read because what I, uh, part of me wanted something more in depth because I like that, but also it was like, I was grateful that it was a super easy read. Mm -hmm. Because basically each chapter is like, this is a quick one page description of what this love language is based on um, Anne's description and definition. And then you go to the next page and there's illustrated, like actual illustrations, examples of what it looks like. And then you go to the next page and illustrations of what it doesn't look like. So if you are more of a, you want to read something to learn, you have that. But if you're more of a visual learner and need pictures and quick, easy, digestible examples, you've got that. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So the, um, let's run through just the list of the 18 real quick. You have your mm -hmm. table of contents up. Yep. Um, if you just want to name them real quick. Okay. Um, accountability, mm -hmm. active listening, acts of empathy affirming communication, bestowing, emotional labor, engaged experiences, intentional time, personal growth, platonic touch, 
problem solving. I really recognized our, mm. ourselves in that one. Providing shared beliefs, solidarity, teamwork, thoughtful service. That felt on the nose. <laughs> mm -hmm. Undivided attention and upskilling. Okay, so we'll, we're gonna, one, I don't wanna give people a reason not to go get this book for themselves if you're really interested. So mm -hmm. we're not doing a book report and we're not going like in super depth of the definition. Yeah. We're gonna give examples of what this looks like mm -hmm. uh, through Power Exchange. Well, what I enjoyed about the book was one that it was a, a fairly simple read yeah i was i did not feel overwhelmed with information um they went into enough detail about each language mm -hmm. without overwhelming you and just giving you the the, the details the the meat the, you know the meat and potatoes right of it so to speak and the other thing i liked about it she was like you're not going to have to take a test right there, there, there's no quiz you know there, there's not going to be a test in this you know, read the book, look at what what these languages are, and see what speaks to you. And I want to say somewhere in there, they even said there will be times when these languages speak to you and then other times when they don't. Because as life happens, as we change, as we're going through different mm -hmm. things, we need different things from our partner or we can give different things to our partner. Right. So I do like the fluidity of it. There is a part of me. There's a small part of me that that was like, but can't you just tell me what I am based on some <laughs> eight easy answers? Don't 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 make me think about it. But that's this is better. This really is better yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, and I I think she even said in the intro, she was like, when we you take the quiz and you get let's say your top two or your top one, a lot of people then discount every other love language as completely unimportant and only focus on their top scoring ones. And it can negate the fact that sometimes you do need those things from that love language, mm -hmm. but if you're not focusing on it, you might be missing an opportunity to get something that you need or to uh, know how to ask for what you need. So we will start with number one, and that is accountability. Mm -hmm. Now, just for real quick, what does accountability mean? I think many of us understand that, but it's accepting responsibility for your actions. And that looks like a lot of different things. In power exchange, because that's, mm -hmm. that's our lens, right? First of all, I was like, how important is accountability to me? It is very important. I would be very unhappy if we did not have that in our relationship. Yeah. But I also recognize that I get to take that for granted because you always hold yourself accountable for your own actions. Unfortunately, sometimes you hold me accountable for my actions. Huh. I, I like that part last. Imagine how that works. <laughs> I funny, like that part funny how that, that goes, yeah. But yeah, accountability is, you know, following mm -hmm. through on changes. Hi, how many of us have known about or experienced directly the the partner that said, yes, I'll change. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do this thing I agreed to do. And then they don't mm -hmm. do it, right? Account that's, that's accountability. Or um, giving a sincere apology. Yeah. Doms can and should apologize when they've done wrong. We did an entire episode on apologies. Yes. So yeah, that kind of accountability, I feel like, again, that's a relationship thing. That, I think it's always important all of the time, but when you have it, like I know I do, and I, I think you would say you, you have it for me as well. You don't think about it as a need, 
But when you don't have it from a partner, you have a partner who's telling you, I'll, I'll totally do those things we agreed to and then they don't. Mm-hmm. Or they don't apologize when they're wrong because they think they're too fucking good to apologize or whatever it may be. They refuse accountability. I think then it becomes a lot more important because you don't have it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. It's not something uh, you consciously think about all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it, when it happens, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, and, that's, yeah. And the thing is, is I think in many cases, we're much more used to a dom holding a sub accountable, which is fine if that's part mm-hmm. of the agreement and it's necessary. But I think submissives forget that they need to hold their doms accountable as well. And accountability, you know, it's what happens is if you don't have accountability and you're not getting it, your partner, ref- mm-hmm. partner refuses to follow through or apologize. At that point, it's uh, okay what do I do about it? Well, you can't make another person do anything. All you can do is control your actions. And sometimes it means you got to go because, or you've got to change the dynamics of your relationship or something has to end in some way, because why are we with a partner of any type who can't apologize when they've done wrong and can't follow through without talking to us about what is actually going on? Yeah. Because all at that point, when you don't have accountability with each other, when you can't rely on that, then you're, trust goes down if i can't trust you to do what you say you'll do and make changes that you you agree and say you're willing to make then what else can't i trust you to do lots of stuff and in power exchange it's important in every relationship but in power exchange it's extremely important because we're handing over like from a submissive perspective i'm handing over control of my body my actions uh what just what we're gonna do next like Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's all kinds of things um so there are examples in the book of what accountability is not. And let's, um, from, a, from a power exchange uh, perspective, I think this some of this will be familiar to those who've had uh, some not great relationships, like making promises you can't keep or won't keep. Um, begging for forgiveness, I, I can see that. I Unless there's some kink element involved, I don't want you to beg for my forgiveness. No, I want you. No. I want you to apologize sincerely and then change behavior or not. Don't do that thing yeah. again. Now there is a whole thing on apology languages and what kind of apologies speak to you. We discussed that in the Correct. apologies. I think in the apologies yeah. episode. Um, but begging for forgiveness with like I can see a kink dynamic saying, "No, oh, you will beg for my forgiveness. This is part mm-hmm. of this because it's a power." play and it's a kink thing sure but i think that that only works in that moment and then you have to do the real part of it for accountability after that yeah i mean the one that's that stood out to me the most in this was the blame game the blame game oh yes how many times have we had a partner of any side of the slash who Mm -hmm. there's a problem and they refuse to take responsibility and they refuse to say that they had a part in it is completely an totally your fault because then they don't have to be they think they don't have to be held accountable Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not here for anybody like that friend i've had friends like that they are not my friends anymore i've had partners like that they're not my partners anymore um Uh no no time for that at all nope okay next one active listening yes i will say this on active listening it is another one that if you have it already I don't think you realize that it's important mm-hmm. to you because you don't have to think about what you're missing. Right. And and this is something I've mentioned numerous times in, in past episodes, mm-hmm. you know, in regards to communication. Um, you know, it communication is not just about speaking. Mm-hmm. 
it's about being a good listener as well. You know, that, that's, that's something that's very important. It's, it's easy to speak. And, you know, it, it goes back to something that, that people have said a long time. You know, active listening, it's not sitting there listening to someone thinking about what your response mm-hmm. is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's taking an active part in listening to what, what they're saying. And the examples that Anne gives are like, asking questions like, wow, what happened next? Or mm-hmm. repeating back to, to somebody what they've said and then going, did I get that right? Um, leaning in, asking exploratory questions. Sure. When you ask me questions about what I'm telling you in a, it's sort of obvious when you want to know more information and you're curious mm-hmm. and you're trying to understand. Um, that is, I think, a very clear example of active listening. Um, one body language way that I've heard for years and years and is mentioned here is physically leaning in. Yeah. Um, I well, that sometimes works. That sometimes that, that sometimes works. I mean, I tend to do that when I'm sitting with someone. But you know, if if someone if you're talking to someone and they're they're doing this. Oh, they're listening you know, to respond. They're not listening yeah. to, to Or, hear. you know, not listening at all. No, that's yeah, true. They're thinking yeah. about how they're right and you're wrong. And, okay, right, fine, I'll let right. you jabber on. Mm-hmm. Y'all, we've, I think every one of us has had some relationship with some human being, power exchange or otherwise, and we've sat through that before. And it is, you and I, every once in a while, we get in our, our negative feels about something, usually when it's a, a disagreement, and one of us will do that. And the other one of us will go, mm-mm, no, 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 we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, to me, active listening in some ways, not always, mm-hmm. in some ways, looks like curiosity. I want my partner to be curious about me if we're getting to know one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to play 20 questions yeah. via text. I'd be on my lunch break at work. You'd be like doing whatever at your office. And I would be like, I want to talk, but I'm not doing chit chat. Let's play 20 questions because I desperately wanted yeah. to learn about you. Um but it also is just sh- indicating that you are interested in what the other person says and you'll figure out your response mm-hmm. later. Uh, that is, uh, all the communication skills are important in power exchange, yeah. but active listening is the one that gets forgotten the most because we worry about how we're going to say it. We don't yeah. worry about how we're going to take the well, information you in. You know, one of the things that, that I worked on and I, I realized this a while ago, and I have mentioned this, and I do not remember the person that originated this, mm-hmm. but one of the things in, in being a good active listener is is kind of knowing your place as a listener. Mm. Okay, you know, all right, you want to you want to talk to me about something that that's going on in or or on your mind, and be like, okay. Are you looking for validation? Mm-hmm. Are you looking for advice? Mm-hmm. Or or do you just need to vent? And I think that actually comes up as a love language in here. That sounds okay. really familiar. Okay. But yes, asking for the kind of feedback you want, one, puts you in the right place, headspace to be the kind of listener that I that, need. That you need for that mm-hmm. time, yes. Um, the big thing is um, active listening is focusing on the other person. So some of the examples that... Um, and gives us, you know, 
not looking at your phone while you're there talking. Yeah. We have to institute a rule with one another. It's like if I'm ta if I'm on my phone or I'm on my computer, and this is the same with you, don't try and say anything serious because I'm I'm not listening. I know I'm not listening, but sometimes we forget and we get really busy and we'll try and talk to the other person and want they're tapping away on their keyboard and then we're mad because they didn't mm -hmm. hear us and it's like I didn't even give you the space to have the chance to listen to me. That's my bad at that point. Um, so okay. I think, and I, active listening is probably the toughest communication skill after saying the thing you really think. That's the first barrier most people have to deal with. The second one is how to listen well. Um, I still go back to, it is one that you don't, may not think about needing as a love language as being important to you in a relationship uh, until you don't have it. Because then you're very aware you don't have it because you don't feel heard, you don't feel mm -hmm. understood, you don't feel listened to. And it's an awful feeling. And in power exchange, we kind of can't get away with that. We shouldn't get away with it in any relationship, but in power exchange where one person has control of some part of the other person at some point, we need to know each other as well as we can. And a big part of that is being able to listen to one another yeah. and then ask follow-up questions and get curious and focus on the person in front of us. Um, so it's extremely important in all aspects of power exchange, even if it doesn't feel super important to you right now as a love language, it's gonna feel real important to you when you said, hey, my trigger to this thing in humiliation play is don't use this word and that person did not actively listen and they use that word. Now we're thinking, oh my God, they crossed a boundary that I have. They violated something, a hard limit of mine. And they did and that is factually true, but was it because they, they meant to do that or because they literally did not listen well? That's when you feel the, oh shit, I need you to be an active listener. This is important here. So to actually bring it back to kink for once. Okay. <laughs> the next one is acts of empathy. Mm. Um, I sometimes am way overly empathetic. Um, I know that's some stuff from childhood. I'll work on that later. Um, <laughs> and then sometimes I'm so exhausted mm -hmm. that I find it very hard to be empathetic because I'm just mentally, I'm checked out. Um, but acts of empathy can look like listening quietly uh, asking for perspective. This is one where you um, you listed the examples of, do you want advice yes, or do you yes, just want yes, to feel yes, heard? Yes. How can I support you in this? I think active listening and acts of empathy can absolutely go they, hand they, in hand. They, they overlap, they mm -hmm. blend together a little bit, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's where I would put this with these examples specifically in power exchange. Uh, one example of what an act of empathy looks like is asking for the other person's perspective. Hi, doms, lean in close. Ask your submissive their fucking perspective. Want to know their perspective on this kink thing you're doing. I'm just mm -hmm. telling you, it's important. Even if you don't go down that route, people want to be heard. People sure. want to feel seen. You will get a lot of information about what to do or not to do in your fuckery, in your power exchange, in the direction you want to take things when you know what the other person is thinking and feeling and they feel like they can express that to you. Just saying, mm -hmm. just saying. Like mm. uh, acknowledging and validating pain. So yeah. in, in fuckery, uh, there's different levels. There's different levels of pain in life, but in fuckery, <laughs> sometimes pain is good pain. Sometimes pain is bad pain. Right. I'll say this, some of the kinky struggle, I sometimes, and it's all mental and it's part of like the quote game of you're the dom, I'm the sub, you're the sadist, I'm the masochist, is when you are purposely causing pain, you know I don't 
deeply love. So it's stingy or it's the cane or it's mm -hmm. that nagging something that you're like, actually what I, I know, we both know what I'd like. I want a deep tissue thudding massage is what I want. <laughs> and you'll do something that's on that edge of, I accept it, but it's not my favorite because you want me to dance and squeal and go, no, daddy, no. And I'll say to you, that really hurts. And it does, that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm not safe wording, so I'm not saying make it stop. But then you'll go, oh, I know, and you'll do your sadistic daddy laugh. And there is sometimes a part of me, because I feel like there's, I, I contain multitudes, we all do. My masochist self is like, yeah, bring it on. My submissive self is like, oh, I want to submit and give you what you want. My baby girl self is like, that's not fair, stop. <laughs> And in the middle of a scene, all three of those personalities are zhuzhed together. <laughs> and it's the baby girl side who'll be like, but he doesn't understand how bad this hurts if he really loved me. <laughs> and at that moment, I feel like my baby girl self needs an, some empathy, but the sadist and the masochist are playing. And there ain't no empathy until I say for it out and I say red. <laughs> or, or until it's all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's a little jarring to have one part of you go, I'm here for it, I'm here for it, and the other part of you go, but this is kind of mean, and this is sort of <laughs> <hurting> my feelings. <laughs> and the act of empathy, the acknowledging and validating pain, that's, yeah, I get it. I get it from a kink perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you you need more of this? Is this something that you have have experience in the past of when you didn't have it, it was really detrimental to the relationship. I think all of these, if you don't have, are detrimental to a relationship, but. This this particular section to me, and, and this is my um, hippy dippy side coming out, mm -hmm. kind of feels, you know, the, I, I think the world would be a better place if there was, if more people had common decency and empathy mm -hmm. towards one another. I agree, I agree. You know. That, that's my hippy-dippy um, input. You know, um, for me, reading this, um, you know, one of the things that it brought to my mind, you know, is uh, there are days when you have, may have a migraine. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know what migraines can do. I've, I've known people throughout my life that had suffered from migraines, and, you know, you you have them and you know I'll, I'll be like all right baby girl you know what um I, I i know what this is doing to you don't worry about your tasks right now mm -hmm. you know and i'll take care of it. and you get very upset i know because i i be, because it you feel that it's your job to and i do feel like what i'm you, failing even though i understand what you're doing yeah. and I, I would i appreciate what you do and i'm grateful for it because mm -hmm. if i was trying to complete my tasks in the middle of a migraine yeah so you know my my take on empathy as as a dominant is that you know while yes i do expect you to to do your tasks you know follow your protocols and rules and and all that you know i also understand there are going to be times that there are exceptions to that mm -hmm. where you need to be taken care of right exactly and you have to understand this is where it comes back to the power exchange aspect of that particular love language of understanding yeah. that what your other part, what your partner needs is much more important than a temporary inconvenience for you. Right. You know, you need me to take care of myself and, and sure. not be 
dragging my way through the day when what is best for me is to lay down in a dark room right. and close my eyes. And That's what's rest, best for me. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that that is... And then tomorrow you're expected to have that tat. Yeah. That's different. That's <laughs> I think the, the, the thing that, that empathy, acts of empathy part in this book illustrates simply and but very well is that there is no expectation for you to just know. You're not supposed to be a mind reader. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to have some, you know, a superhero complex and you're going to rush in and save somebody. It is genuinely a talk to your partner. Now, if you are the partner, let's use me our dynamic for the example. As a submissive, if you did not know I had a migraine or I had not offered that information up to you and, and you just knew I was uh, uncomfortable or, or not feeling well, you may ask, are you feeling okay? Are, you know, is it a migraine? Mm-hmm. Is it this? Is it that? Right? Right. It is my job as, a, as a, a good partner, not just submissive, to be honest, to not play a fucking martyr and right. go, oh, no, I'm fine. Even though, like, I literally cannot keep my eyes open and I'm nauseous as fuck. Like, that is, for me, sometimes what a migraine feels like. So I have to be honest and go, this is how I feel. This is how bad it is so that you can then provide the active empathy that will help me. And you can, from a, a partner perspective, but in our case, a dominant perspective, take care of me in that way. I have to allow you to do that. I have to help you do that. Sure. You know, <laughs> to give you the information. I can't hold back because I'm trying to put on a brave face. If I know that what I'm going through is debilitating or if trying to move through the regular part of my day while I feel this way, regardless of what the cause is, is only going to make me feel worse. I don't need to do the, I'm a strong submissive. I'll do whatever I can. Like, I'm just going to hurt myself further. And quite frankly, in my experience, I tend to start to feel resentful after a while. Mm -hmm. I start to feel not seen and not heard. And in a way at that point, it's kind of my own fault because I'm not saying anything i'm not speaking my own truth i'm not admitting my own yeah you know issues where i could use some support and help you know it's then on you as my partner in this case my dom to then provide that support and sometimes again an act of empathy i saw somebody in the live stream chat say empathy is really hard for them that's fine i Mm -hmm. think for some of us it's it's built in in some way but i think it can be learned it is literally just asking how can i help what do you need it then is the other person's job to actually say it, to admit it, and submissives, yeah. y'all, just fucking admit it, you know? You, in the beginning, one would either try and swoop in and fix. Yeah. Sometimes that's, no, no, no. That <laughs> no. was not actually helpful. Um, but then you started asking questions and getting curious. There we are with active listening and figuring things out and then suggesting things and giving me the chance to go, yeah, I think that would help. No, I don't think that's going to help. Mm-hmm. And as we know each other in these moments when we're yeah. sick, when we're hurt better, we actually can be more active in that empathy right. because we know what the other tends to need mm-hmm. and how we can help and support them. But just just fucking ask. And then when you're asked, just say, say something. Yeah. Speak up. Okay, there's no there's no real strength in pretending to be strong and putting on a brave face in those times. This, especially, we're talking about power exchange here. This is part of the growth and the learning process of each other to be able to better support one another. And if you tell them, this is what's going on and this is how bad it is and this is what I need and they can't give you what you need, that's information you have for how well is this relationship gonna be able to progress. That That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. I went on a rant. Sorry, y'all. Um, 
The next one is affirming communication. And I think hmm. a lot of kinksters out there will will recognize oh, yes, these yes, examples. Yes, yes. Affirming communication. That is praise for efforts or accomplishments. Oh, good girl. Uh, thank you, Daddy. Oh, that works. <laughs> <laughs> so that's compliments. That's another good example, supportive words during challenges. I mean, we've done this for each other of, you've got this. I, to- I have total yes. faith in you. Actually, I've been spending this entire week telling an 11-year-old starting we, sixth we, grade yeah, that. Yeah, we both. Totally we've been doing this. a lot of that lately. I have faith in you. You're, <laughs> you're going to be great. It's not going to be easy, but you're like, I don't, I don't, we do this with each other. We do this with the kids. Yeah. We don't pretend something is what it is, isn't, you know, I'm not going to tell them this is going to be the easiest thing you've ever done. I'm, I'm honest. It's going to be a challenge, but you are capable. I have total faith in you. And then when it works mm-hmm. out well, hooray, look at you. You did that thing. And we do that for each other all the time. We, ha- yeah. we are each other's biggest hype fucking people. Like, ah, I, I, you I did that. Up. I did that for you. Early on in the beginning of our DS relationship, I had you saying a mantra every morning. I know, I fucking you know, it. you had to look in the mirror and you know say, <laughs> I don't remember the exact words, but you know, I, I'm I'm beautiful. I'm I'm worthy of being loved, mm-hmm. and you know. Yep, I hated it, but then I had to admit after about six months, it kind of works. I still hate it. Um, <laughs> I know that you and I, I do this to you more than you do this to me, and nobody will be surprised that I do this so easily because we know Kayla loves a good rant. I will get actually angry at you for downing yourself. And when I go in to hype you you up, I'm practically yelling at you. You (laughs) are fucking amazing. You make the best goddamn paddles. How dare you question your ability? Like, it's aggressive. I'm not saying that's the best way. But it it is uh, what I do. And and when when she says something about herself, I will just turn to her and look at her and say, you know, you're talking about someone that I love, admire, and cherish very much. And you do it in a dom way. So I'll say this. If you are a top or dom and you're dealing with a submissive or bottom with like pretty low (laughs) self-esteem or just always has something negative to say about themselves for all kinds of reasons... I don't know what it'll work on them, but I'm telling you right now that, I mean, it doesn't, so it will get a little woo-woo here. There is the thought, <laughs> the, the thinking that what we speak, we create. So if I say negative things about mm-hmm. myself, I'm, I'm reinforcing beliefs about negative things about myself. And so then when I don't say those things, just n- the act of not saying them might change my thinking because I'm not, and I don't want that to be true, but here's the thing. It's a little bit, at least for me, kind of true. So when, I mean, we basically have a rule, literally have a rule y'all. I'm not allowed to say mean things about myself. I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to put myself down. Um, Thankfully, all you ever have to do when I do that, because I'm almost 42, y'all. I've been doing it a long time. How, <laughs> when did I start speaking? I've been speaking for 40 years. It's 40 years of putting yourself down. It's a habit. And so normally you have to sort of give me that dom daddy voice reminder of baby girl. And then I'm like, oh, shit. So I don't repeat it immediately. I don't, I've never gotten punished for it. No. Because you give me the warning and that's all I need. But by actively remembering oh shit that's right i'm not supposed to say that thing that i've programmed myself to say about myself that is mean and negative i don't think the thought as often as i once did i don't immediately have tons of self-love and think i'm the greatest ever but i don't think i'm the worst ever 
either. So I think mm. affirming communication and power exchange can go a few ways. It can be the good job, good girl. You know, you make, you say a lot, you know, I'm really proud of you. Mm. I tell you all the time when I'm proud of you. That goes both ways. That's, yes. that's not just it a, does, yeah. doms need to hear that as much as submissives. But I think that you can also kind of do the, oh, no, we only do affirming language on here. You're not allowed to talk about yourself like that. Now, again, mm -hmm. any rule that you set in power exchange, there has to be consent to it. But if you, as a person who talks badly about yourself regularly, are faced with that rule, I mean, I'm just one person, but in my experience, it kind of does help. It's a little woo-woo, but it's kind of it's helpful, is all I'm saying. Um, and yes, I, affirming language is definitely one that I, I like to give. Mm -hmm. I like to hype you up. I like to tell people when I think they've done something amazing and the, the closer and, and more connected I am with that person, the easier it is. I always feel awkward with a stranger, except I, except strangers will do it for me. How many times have we been out in public and someone's like, oh my God, I love that dress. Or I get it with my collar all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it feels good. And so I try to give it back, but I'm so awkward. I forget, but I'm really good at doing it with the people I really love. I love to give that language and use it for somebody else. And I think that, there, you know, if you're uncomfortable and you don't like it, I think that's valid, but go deep on why. Is it because you're not used to it or because you just don't feel like you need it? Like understand yourself so because if it's just that you're not used to it, you might actually not hate it if you get it more often is what I'm saying. Okay, bestowing. Mm. That is, the parallel is sort of the gift giving love language. Yes. In the big one. And yeah. it is gift giving without an ex expectation of reciprocity somebody reciprocating. I can't say the other version of the word. Um, we know what gift giving looks like. It can be big things. It can be little things. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a baby girl who loves treats. If you come home with a coffee or a Diet Coke that I did not expect, I am the happiest girl ever. Yes, That's you all are. I need. Um, at this point in our finance... Our financial lives, please don't buy big things because now I'm worried about how much money you've just spent. But, but little things, yeah. So I think you know... Do you like giving gifts? Do you like receiving gifts? We've mm -hmm. talked about this in the other Love Languages episode, Empower Exchange. If you are a submissive who loves to give gifts, even if it's small little things, we highly recommend talking to your dominant before you do that because some dominants have very clear feelings on the control aspect of that. They don't want to be surprised. They don't want something that they might not like. Like so I have met some people who are super controlling about don't give me a gift that I'm not expecting. Mm -hmm. So it's if that's important to you as a partner to give those kinds of things, to do those kinds of things, because it's not always a material thing. Yeah. It can be gift of time. It can be special attention. Sure. I think it is worth talking about, especially when there's a power imbalance and depending on how much control the Dom has in that power imbalance. But bestowing, I think, I think we know those are gifts. Those are, mm -hmm. like I said, gifts of material gifts, gifts of time, gifts of attention, don't have to cost a lot of money. Um, and you don't expect something in return. It's not a, a, a tit for tat kind of thing. Mm -mm. Yeah. I'm gonna whoop, move through that kind mm -hmm. of fast. Emotional labor. Mm. Um, this one is so funny to me because this, part of this with the examples of what it can look like is, I'm sorry, dominant behavior. That is planning and taking the lead. Yeah, right, yeah. But also, you have 
in many situations allowed me to plan and to a certain extent take the lead where I have the uh, ability that you Correct. maybe don't. And then mm -hmm. you're ultimately the decider because that's how we do things. Yeah. Well, but you are great at making lists. I love a good you, list. You love a good list. So when we would plan that we're going somewhere, all right, start your list, baby girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, some other examples that I think come up in, the, in all relationships, but sometimes they fall to a submissive supposedly because that's just a submissive's job. And even if submissive does not want to do it, it's not necessarily a good thing. There is, but also I will say a submissive can and should have some freedom to do some of these things. So negotiate that in your power exchange. Remembering important dates. I suck at remembering important dates. That's why I have to have a calendar. I have to write it down. If I don't I, write it down, it doesn't exist. I, I am terrible at uh, dates myself, and that's yep. why Google Google Calendar. Google Calendar is my friend. We know each other. We don't depend on each other for that. We yeah. depend on technology. But yep. there's also initiating important conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think that's a dom or sub role at all. Like one of you is supposed to do it all the time. Yeah. I think both of you should have the freedom within your relationship to initiate those important especially when they're like heavy topics or things about your power exchange or something's not going well everybody in the relationship needs to be able to do that and quite frankly i would be a little concerned about a relationship if one partner is the only one doing all of that emotional mm. labor so emotional labor sometimes i see myself as loving to do it for you i don't want to do it for the whole world okay <laughs> i'm happy to do a lot of that emotional labor for you because for me it feels like serving mm, and yet sometimes okay. when you okay. do this emotional labor it is absolutely a being in charge leadership thing yeah. and part of dominance and so it goes both ways i think if you were to look through these and go oh god i don't do any of these and i feel bad about it or my relationship is suffering because of it, then maybe develop those skills and think about it and, you know, talk to your partner about it. Um, but I think in a way, and most healthy functioning relationships, power exchange or otherwise, both partners should already be doing a certain amount of emotional labor. The differences in terms of a love language is sometimes one of you has more capacity than the other to do the emotional labor. Like, Sometimes one yeah. of you is really sick. Sometimes one of you is really, really busy with a work mm -hmm. project. Sometimes one of you is just fucking out of town for two months and somebody has to take care of these other things because yeah. their life didn't get uprooted or something. So um, I think in, yeah, there's an exchange of it where both parties have should have some level of it, but I think there are times when one person carries more than the other. And if that becomes overwhelming, it's worth a conversation. It's always worth a conversation. Mm -hmm. Next, engaged experiences. Mm. So this is when you're like doing stuff together. That is the simplest way to describe it. They've got all kinds of really, because this is based on platonic relationships, really basic stuff we do all the time. DMing each other, watching TV shows together, going to new places, visiting family together, but you're doing stuff let's together. Go, let's go bungee jumping together. Hell fuck no. <laughs> red, maroon, magenta. Like how deep can the red go? Do I, no. But in power exchange, 
what are your engaged experiences? For us, it's a scene. Mm -hmm. Our deepest love is to be able to go to the dungeon. Yeah. Like we get so much energy from that. And then also mm -hmm. I get Waffle House. But um, <laughs> the second week in a row I've mentioned that, I feel like maybe I have a craving for both the dungeon and Waffle House. Um, but it can be little things we do at home. Uh, for me, an engaged experience within our power exchange mm -hmm. is when we go to Starbucks or wherever and we get a coffee or whatever and we talk about what's going on in our life and we kind of like catch up with one another. Yeah. Because believe it or not, for people who are home together all the time, work together in our business all the time and haven't gone a full day without seeing one another since pre-plague... <laughs> we don't spend all as much time as we'd like just talking to each other about what's on your mind, what's going on with this thing, what, and that can be an engaged experience. We are gone to the coffee shop, we're yeah. drinking our coffee, and we're talking about something that is meaningful to us. Sometimes that's business, mm -hmm. sometimes that's just life, sometimes it's the yeah. kids, and sometimes whatever. Sometimes it's just like, hey, let's, um, let's hop in the car and go for a together. ride. And during the plague, we have done a lot of, let's just drive. And yeah. we're just sitting in the car and sometimes we start talking and sometimes we don't. That's an engaged experience. It is a time to just be together, mm -hmm. having a common experience. Um, I think if if you count your scenes as, as that's part of your love language, I'm with you. <laughs> I I don't, that is part of it for me, but it doesn't, it's not my main thing. We have all these other ways that we connect mm -hmm. that fill in the gap. So if I only get a scene every so often, I my cup's still full because we're, doing other stuff together and we look for other yeah. opportunities and actually i tend to get antsy if we've gone a, like weeks without a deep conversation whether it's in the car at a coffee shop or whatever i'm like we're not talking enough we we're not doing enough together y'all we live together we work together we sleep together we fuck together we raise children we're doing everything together but if it if i don't feel connected right i don't feel like we're doing enough together Mm -hmm. So, yes, I would say engaged experiences is definitely one of my love languages. <laughs> Next, intentional time, which mm. can look like an engaged experience. Yes. So intentional time is relaxing together on the couch, prioritizing important mm -hmm. conversations, deliberately scheduling it. I love, as a love language, with people I genuinely care about, I love intentional time. I yeah. know that's one of my love languages. Mm. I need it one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> mm. The introvert in me needs it one-on-one, -on -one, and I don't need it too often. So um, my mom coming to visit every 8 to 12 weeks, perfect. If she was here every fucking weekend, <laughs> I'd be like, I love you so much, mom. You've got to go. I <laughs> Go home. I can't do this. <laughs> um, if you and I were trying to have really in-depth, intentional conversations all the time, I'd be overwhelmed. Like, I don't even sure. have anything to say. We do this even if it's just relaxing on the couch together. Mm -hmm. When we haven't gotten to sit down on the couch together and read side by side or watch Netflix for a while, the first two to three times feels really special. I'm like, look at us, we're watching Lucifer, which we still need to keep watching if we no, want to finish no. it. But then by the time we get into a pattern of it and we're doing it, every, it's less special to me. Mm -hmm. We're just on the couch. It doesn't feel intentional at that point. So yeah, I would say mm. engaged whatever the last one was called, engaged experiences mm -hmm. and intentional time. I think there can be an overlap. Sure. Those two are my things. Yeah. They're totally my jam. Personal growth. Mm. Okay. So that can look like uh, developing new coping skills, setting, respecting boundaries, mm -hmm. ending toxic relationships, mm. unlearning and relearning, things like that. So in power exchange, setting your boundaries <laughs> 
and having them respected important especially if you've mm-hmm. never done that before um ending toxic relationships mm-hmm. that that want to be dom who thinks that they can do whatever they want because they're the big d and your your uh needs don't matter yeah that's probably a toxic relationship ending that is good i my my love language of personal growth is i always want personal growth for myself but i actually enjoy it more when i see other people going through personal growth i'm like even sometimes even though like the boundary that gets set is like it impacts me in a way i don't love i still fucking love that i'm like look at you being a better version of who you were yesterday and uh taking care of your fucking self oh yeah oh yeah i don't see it as a love language for in our relationship with one another i think because it's again, it's one of those where if you don't have it, if we, if it was a toxic relationship, if one of us was not setting or respecting boundaries, that's a problem. And then yeah. you recognize you don't have it. And mm-hmm. then you of course should want it. I have it. So I don't, I don't, I'm like, okay. And if I go to therapy, which therapy is one of the, one of the examples, you support me. Yeah. You helped me. You drove me a few times when I was going to therapy. That's so. how we wound up here. Where we are right now in this chair recording in front of the camera. Is it? Well, because very early, early on, uh-huh. I said to you, girl, what are five things you would like to change or do? Uh-huh. And uh, it became part of our power exchange that I supported you and helped you grow and become a freelance writer. That's and true, that's true. Yeah. I was thinking of therapy. I was like, wait, oh, what does a no. therapy have to do with no. us being right here right now? <laughs> it's true. You did support my personal growth. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to think I both supported your personal growth and kind of lovingly bullied you into it by <laughs> convincing you to open your own fucking business as a, a woodworker. Yeah. So there we go. Personal mm-hmm. growth. The next one is platonic touch. Mm. I think this one's yours. That's hugs this, and cuddles. This is definitely mine. And I, and I love the way she worded that platonic touch. Yeah, because even, so touch, just touch in general, if we're thinking about romantic relationships, we're thinking Mm -hmm. about sexy touch. And sexy touch is good, I like sexy touch, we're here for it. But you actually, you almost purr when I like just rub the top of your head, I rub your back. And what's funny is in my previous marriage, I stopped touching even in platonic ways, Mm -hmm. because the moment I touched, it was read as an invitation for sex. And sometimes I just want to touch your shoulder. Sometimes I just want to stroke your cheek. So I just want to be close and cuddle. And Mm -hmm. it was a revelation for you to be like, oh yeah, you could just stroke me right there, right there. And then you're you're like, you're like a cat. You're almost on your back, like spreading out, rub me more. at, At the last munch, my hair was shorter than it is right now. I'm due for another buzz. But um, somebody came up and just started touching my hair, and I, it, it, yeah, it was like an automatic response. I uh, fell into it. <laughs> okay, that was somebody that clearly you're allowing to touch you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna be one of those people, but I, I'm okay with platonic touch sometimes, mm-hmm. but most of the time I'm like, oh, okay. Too much in my personal space. You'll cuddle with me at night. We do fall asleep cuddling. Yes, yeah. we're that cute. But I move away first because I get hot and I feel crowded. So platonic touch, touch in general. Obviously, I like it. Obviously, I like it from you. Mm-hmm. I don't need it in the way you need it. It is yeah. not one of my love languages. And, and at all. someone just just pointed out, you know, with touches their love language too. 
with the people that they allow. Right. And and I'm the same way. I don't like just anybody no. coming up to me. Um, I, I need to know you a little bit first. Right, right. But I, you and I are deeply, madly in love and entwined together. And I'm still like, okay, happen? you've got to go. Get away. Yeah. You're too hot. I don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. I know. <laughs> I love you, but don't touch me. Uh, <laughs> number, the next one, y'all, number 11. I should have known this would be a long one. Problem solving. This mm. is my love language. I love to problem solve other people's problems. Um, <laughs> so that can be like researching and note taking, which mm-hmm. is not a something that only a certain side of the slash could do. But I know a lot of submissives. We are very good at this. Uh, troubleshooting, making phone calls. I find it easier to make a phone call for you that I, more than I can make for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I often, when um, couples are asking, oh, we're in long distance DS, what can we possibly do for one another? And I'm like, depending on your comfort level and how long you've been together and how well you know one another and trust and all that, can can you have your partner make phone calls for you? Can you have them call and set these appointments or do research for you, get some information for you? Um, that's just a that's a submission service thing and it's a task thing but it can come under if they really enjoy it problem solving oh yes you're good at problem solving too mm-hmm. we problem solve for each other we do the, i think it's because we're a fic, we're both naturally want to be fixers we've done the episode on that too yeah um reformed fixer actually yeah we don't default to fixer anymore. no we know understand enough to stop and go do you want me to help you fix this right. or are you just venting but when we're allowed to step into our fixer self and put on our superhero cape. Oh, oh God, I think it's one of my kinks. Like, let me problem <laughs> solve for you. I love to come up with ideas. I love to come up with potential solutions. I get frustrated mm-hmm. with it when it's my own personal problem because I'm clearly too close to it. Sure. So I can't, like, we've got stuff going on right now and I can't see a way out. I can't problem solve my way out of it. But if somebody else had a similar problem, man, I could come up with solutions for them all day long. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, problem solving, problem solving. Uh, providing. Mm. So this can be supplying housing or shelter, money, taking care mm-hmm. of somebody during an illness, taking care of the home. Um, here's the thing, providing, again, neither a dom thing or a sub thing in terms of power exchange, and both doms and subs can provide in their own sure. way. I like to provide for you. Mm-hmm. I'm a service sub. I want to take care of you. You and do I th- a fine job of it. Thank you, Daddy. I think you want to take care of me in your dominant way as mm-hmm. well. Do you feel connected to providing as a love language? I do. I feel very connected to it. Yeah. My service well, I mean, self goes, oh, yes, yes, I am. You mm-hmm. know, I, I look at it this way, just like we negotiated our power exchange, especially after things changed with my work. You know, I, I took over the role of, of cooking, mm-hmm. you know, doing laundry and, and some of those things. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I took it very seriously. It, it's a way of giving back mm-hmm. to to help you. Yep, exactly. And in other ways, you provide for me by telling me what to do so that I will take mm-hmm. care of myself mm-hmm. yeah. or making decisions, especially when I'm stuck in the analysis paralysis loop of what do I do? I don't know. What do I do? And you're like, uh, hello, I'm over here. This is my job. What right. are your options? I'll tell you what to do. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's right. I kind of forgot. Um, but yeah, I think, I think both service subs will may feel closer to providing just on one level. And I also think nurturing dominance 
will feel closer to it. I think everybody is capable of providing if that speaks to you. Um, I think sometimes we provide just because it's the right thing to do and we're, we're not connected to it. In my case, mm -hmm. with that love language, I'm very connected to the idea of yeah. providing. I I mean, I've been, I have been in the past and if I am one day, it'll be fine. I also don't have a problem with being the main breadwinner, the main income mm -hmm. earner. That's a level of providing. It comes with a level of responsibility and stress that can be overwhelming. But I, I never had a problem with that when I felt like whoever I was with at the time, because I did this before you too, was providing in their own way as well. Yeah. And so providing is definitely a two-way street. 13, shared beliefs. Mm. So po politics, uh, hobbies, likes yeah. and dislikes. Uh, tellingly with this one, preferred relationship styles. So I think we all get to be unique in how much it is important to us that a partner has shared beliefs of some level. I've said before, when I realized I was submissive and I was single, I knew I needed a partner that already knew they were dominant. I was, I'm not somebody to bring a newbie in and guide them through. It's just, it was never gonna happen for me. So I, that was, I knew that about myself. So I looked for that kind of partner or I was open to that kind of partner. I was not open to somebody still figuring themselves out or somebody who didn't even know what it was. It was never gonna happen. So that's one type of shared belief. Um, you and I, very fortunately, are very mm -hmm. closely aligned on politics, religion, money, all the big stuff. Um, but I got to know you and care about you before I knew any of those specific things about you. That's not mm -hmm. where we started in no. our conversation. I understand in the year of our Lord 2021, conversations are different for many people now. And sometimes you start there and then whittle out and weed out all the others to find your person. We didn't. So I often wonder how I would have felt if I had found out once we created that connection that we had fundamental differences. Now, mm. I will say this, when we first met, you're, I feel like I had an idea of what your political leanings were, but you were registered under a different party than me and you voted differently than me. Yeah. But through the power of osmosis, apparently, you, I didn't change anything. I didn't tell you how you should feel about anything. I just told you how I saw things. And you went and did your own sort of looking and research and actually moved closer Mm -hmm. to my beliefs, yeah. we were never opposed. It was never no. a, you fundamentally think this and I fundamentally disagree and we're on complete opposite. Give you an example. It's not like one of us is pro-life uh, and one of us is pro-choice. We we're definitely together. It's not that kind of uh, opposite sort of thing, but we did have some differences in the beginning. And it was funny because I didn't think we really did. I was like, I know who you are. I don't. I think you think a thing because somebody told you to think a thing and you haven't researched it. And then you went and researched some political something and you went, oh, mm -hmm. I don't agree with that at all. And I was like, okay, welcome. Welcome well, to the dark side. Well, it wasn't even that. I, I was aligned the way I was because I... My, thought, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll leave that alone. My whole thing is on shared beliefs. If it's really important to you to have a lot of shared beliefs with your partner, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. If it is not important to you, that's fine too. We connect in the ways we connect, right? Mm -hmm. Our biggest common denominator when we very first met was kink. 
Yeah. And then as we learned more about each other, we saw how aligned we were. And we still have clear differences. You see life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are a, what is a mentally healthy person named JB look like versus what is a mentally not healthy person named Kayla look like. We are polar opposites in some things. And there are some things we can never fully understand about each other, but mm-hmm. because of our empathy and our active listening and the way we connect, we don't have to fully understand. We just have to understand that it's okay that people see it differently. But those are on beliefs that do not feel fundamental to our values and ethics and morals. I know that I need to be with somebody who I feel I share ethics and values and morals with. Yeah. That I know. But on a kink level, I also know you gotta already know your kink and gotta be like in your, know your role and feel good in it, then I'm good. I'm not here to teach nobody. (laughs) Next, every time I think we'll go through it quickly, we do not. Solidarity, which looks like trusting others' experiences, standing up for each other, stepping Mm -hmm. back and making space for others, um, prioritizing others' humanity over one's own comfort. Um, I, I don't struggle with the feeling of solidarity for other people. No. I struggle with the action of solidarity. Conflict averse, socially anxious, all the things, generalized anxiety, I got all the reasons. It's not a a reason not to overcome it, it's just who I am. But can I step up and defend the absolute fuck out of you if somebody wants to cross you and be mean to you? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And yet, it's not one that I'm like, I have to be in solidarity with you or I have to do that for you. Partly because you don't usually need me to do that for you. Just like, no. I don't need you to do that for me Mm-mm. most of the time. So we will do it for one another, but it's not a love language where I'm drawn to it. No, no. Nothing yeah, for you. Nothing, yeah. nothing. This one did not. No. No. Uh-uh. Teamwork. <laughs> We've done entire episodes on teamwork. Yes. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work to... Uh, use a tired old phrase um (laughs) so there were all kinds of examples used my favorite was starting or running a business together uh here's the thing if you are in a power exchange relationship i think fundamentally it works off of teamwork so whether you enjoy it and you it speaks to you or not is different but it works because you're working together um i think any good power exchange relationship, even if it's just situational because you're working together as a team to make a scene possible, to negotiate boundaries, whatever, you're working together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love, I fucking love teamwork with a team. I hate group work, okay? Fuck that shit. But with somebody I trust and love and deeply care about, I fucking love teamwork because we are stronger together than we are Mm -hmm. apart. We can make shit happen when we do it together. There would not be a podcast six years on if you had not joined me to do this. I'd have fizzled out. I'd have gotten tired of the sound of my own fucking voice. Somebody out there is thinking she hasn't yet gotten tired of the sound of her own voice yet. (laughs) Because your voice interrupts. I'm talking to you. We're bouncing off of one another. We're doing it together. I I genuinely, fundamentally think any healthy power exchange, whatever your flavor, requires teamwork. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't speak to you, though, yeah. that's a skill to develop or just something to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. <gasps> this ah. one, we're almost done. Thoughtful yep. service, handling chores that aren't typically yours, donations, volunteer work, holding the door for a stranger, making meals. I want to say this. Service of any kind that I can do for somebody I care about or in a way that I can take care of a group or an entity, uh, it feels very good to me. That's part, I think, of my service 
service submission submissive nature say that eight times fast don't it'll be hard you provide thoughtful service all the time and people get weird about thinking about a dominant providing service dominance don't do that fuck you do we take care of one another or not mm -hmm. you cook nearly every meal we eat pretty much thoughtful service you handle chores when i'm sick yeah thoughtful fucking service now how do you feel about it is it just a thing that feels right or does it feel special or important to you no it just feels right it's what needs to be done i mean one way or another you know things have to go on you're so pragmatic i love it <laughs> and i think there's a difference between it being like a love language and it just being kind of the right thing to do sometimes we just do stuff because it feels like the right thing to do and sometimes we do it because we're like no this this feels really important to me to do this for yeah and that's where i come at i mean it. the thing the thing is you know it I think it would be a little different if it was just you and I mm -hmm. together, you know, but there is the boys, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and what affects, you know, it, it, yeah, it could be easy to say, well, you know, heck with it. It'll get done when it gets done, when she's better. And there are many people out there who feel that way you and know. who handle things mm -hmm. that way. And, and yet, you know, no, it's going to affect the boys. It's going to, you know, do it's this. It's going to be an inconvenience to you. You're going to yeah. want a spoon eventually. You better wash the fucking dishes. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's for everybody's best that somehow, some way it gets done. And I mean, there sometimes I'll ask one of the boys for help. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, you know, mom's not feeling it. And, and this needs to get done. Right. You know, come give me a hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and what I like about you... I like about you as a human, but I love about you as a dom too. Like, I just love it all the way around. You are never too fucking good to do something that I do. You are never too fucking good to get your hands dirty. You're never too fucking good. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no time tolerance or fucking patience, especially for dominants who are like, well, I'm the dominant. I don't do shit like that. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Survive life without spoons. Well, I have the flu for a fucking week. I hate that right. shit for you. Hope you don't <laughs> mind re-wearing dirty underwear because you're yeah. too good to wash laundry. Like, I, no. And that, and I, I call out dominance because we're talking about power exchange and in power exchange, much of the time, a dominance attitude can sometimes be, I can, I'm too good for that. That's what a submissive is for. Now, there are times when, because of how you divide your relationship and how you negotiate it, there are things that's a submissive job. And there are times when your submissive will be like, that's my fucking job. What are you doing? But it, there are also times where you have to get through life. Right? Like if we try to live the fantasy of our power exchange where our power exchange trumps every single thing, including how we pay the bills, how we keep mm. the lights on, how we, you know, function in life as just people. And we decide we're too good for shit because we're the dom or the whatever. Like get out of my fucking face with that shit. I just, no, I no. Think, I, I think this one resonates with you a little bit. You went on a rant. I did. <laughs> it's, it's, considering the rant I went on in the Patreon live stream last weekend, this is really tame, but yeah, I feel like something's mm -hmm. unleashed since that rant. Uh, next to last one, undivided attention. Yes. No phones and devices. Mm -hmm. Eye contact, a quiet environment. Um, I like undivided attention when it is also paired with engaged activities, intentional time together. Yeah. Undivided attention when I'm tr I really want to be doing something or this is the first five minutes of the day I've had to sit and relax and scroll you, through my phone. You want my undivided attention? It, 
it's like, no, I just want to exist as a person and have nobody care about me for 30 seconds. Because if I have your undivided attention, that means I'm like, I have to give you my undivided attention. And now we have to be doing something. And what I wanted to do was watch Instagram reels. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I saw this in the live stream chat, several people were saying that they have rules within their relationship, like at dinner or at certain times, phones get put away. Yeah. We do not have a specific rule. Well, dinner, no dinner, phones. Family yeah. movie night, no phones. Right. But we don't, when it's like other times when we're just out and about, we don't have the rule for that. But we have had heated conversations about the other person being on their phone too much. Um, and so we both try to be mindful. Yeah. Like, hey, we came out to cough, to get coffee together at Starbucks. Uh, and we haven't actually had a conversation for 10 minutes because we were both scrolling. And one of us will usually realize it first, and whoever that is, will put our phone down. And then <laughs> the other one, it might take a couple minutes to catch up. And then they'll, and then they'll we'll put mm-hmm, our phone down, and then mm-hmm. we're together. Yeah. When I want your attention, I want it to be undivided. Yeah. But I don't need, that's too intense for me. I don't need your undivided attention all the time. Like, I, I just want to exist mm-hmm. in my personal bubble and scroll through my phone for for a few minutes. Thanks. <laughs> it's okay if you forget I exist for five minutes. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, is that my introvert self? Like, do extroverts like go? Hell no, that doesn't work for me. I don't. I don't know. Somebody out there, tell me. I just know that I have sometimes undivided attention is too intense, mm. and I'm like, Ooh, oh, especially if I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> but. But let's be real. In power exchange, in fuckery, I want your undivided attention. Oh, First yeah. of all, it's a safety thing. If you're having a scene, the dom at least or the top needs to have their undivided, you know, give their bottom the, uh, their undivided attention or something dangerous can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the same standard can be held to a submissive or a bottom only because we might go into subspace and then you're floating. You're not giving anybody any attention at that point. But until you're at that point, yeah, what you probably don't want to be doing in the the scene, especially like if you're in a public scene, is talking to the person at the next apparatus over. Like, maybe don't do that. (laughs) But I think the standard is a little different because of the aspect of subspace and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think... If you ever, if you, if you can relate it all to what I've said about sometimes undivided attention is too intense, I think that's a conversation to be had. It's like, can there be t- a time and place for this? Because I can't, I can't handle this all the time. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I think that's something, you know, undivided attention is, is important. Um, and it's something that you can say, hey, you know, look, I, I, I'd like to sit and spend some time with you later. I'd like your undivided attention. Mm-hmm. You know, when, yes. when dinner is done, let's, uh. You know, do do such and such. Right. You know. I so. think when you plan it again, that's where I think undivided attention during intentional time together and engaged experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes total sense for me. But if you were yeah. just intently staring at me from across the room, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" She said in her most submissive voice. <laughs> um, last one. It's called upskilling. U P S K I L L upskill. That can be um, taking a class or course together, sharing stories, asking exploratory mm-hmm. questions. Um, I think in power exchange, this can happen in a, a million ways. You learn more about your partner. You learn more about what they do. Yeah. Specific to power exchange, it, it's when you learn about a kink together. 
um, or you recognize that one of you has learned about the thing and then you're like, ooh, tell me more about that. I think there's also, when we learn about each other's past, um, whether that's past relationships or that's just you know, our life before each other, mm-hmm. um, I think it's you know striving to understand what it is you do for a living. I'm not going to be a wood turner or woodworker. I'm not allowed to touch the blades. I'll hurt myself. But I ask no, you no. questions. No, no, yeah, no, no, no sharp instruments for you. No, no, no. Uh, but I ask no. you questions about it. I, try, you I want to understand you it. Do. I want you to have the opportunity to share that information. And I watch you kind of come alive when you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. let me tell you how we go from this plank of wood to this thing right here. And now I'm not going to lie, there comes a point when my eyes glaze over. But yeah. I ask the question, so I need to be committed to the conversation right. but it's, and undivided attention. And it's just like the, the fact that, you know, you have a a very good way of navigating social media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right and not so much <laughs> so you know i always go to you right and and ask you questions about certain things in regards to social media hey can you teach me how to do this mm-hmm. you know or you know i'd like to do this what's the the process right. to go through doing this and that's another thing we come back to power exchange Doms and tops, if your submissive partner has knowledge you don't, don't discount that and don't assume you can't and shouldn't lean on them and ask them the questions and let them share their knowledge if they're willing. Let them take the lead on something if they know it better than you do. You don't lose anything as a dominant by relying on somebody else's they're, skills. That's a doing, leadership thing. They're doing a service. There you go. Okay, especially if you have a service sub. Uh, you know, by her teaching, that's providing a service to me. Right. So we come back again to, mm, I'm going to give side eye to somebody who's like, I don't need to learn from the submissive or slave or this or that because they're beneath me. Because that's what you're saying is that person is then beneath you because you don't have anything to learn Mm -hmm. from them. You don't have to listen to them. You don't like, you don't have to take care of them. You don't have to do for, like, fuck all that. Now, because um, what we're talking about is learning from one another, and this this is the last mm-hmm. one, I do want to make sure we talk about what it is not. Um, because quite frankly, that term upskill was new for me, so it might be new for others. It is not lecturing or soapboxing, uh, unsolicited information, like, it's one thing if you ask, hey, can you explain this to me? Hey, would, would you share that with mm-hmm. me? It is another thing to watch somebody out there living their life and to walk up to them and tell them how they just did it all wrong. Don't do that. Um, or being condescending or patronizing. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we don't know we're doing this. I used to be really guilty of this. I used to think I was being really helpful and I was coming across very condescending. Um, I think I've fixed that now, hopefully. Um, You've been pretty good. I try, yeah. I try. Uh, there's, I know for me, it comes across, it happens when the thought in my head, when somebody asks a question is, how do you not know that? (laughs) And we have to practice some empathy. People don't know what we know. We don't know what they know. (laughs) If you just go into it with, that's right. They just, they just don't know. They didn't get to learn. They weren't interested. I have these skills. I can share it. The condescension comes down. Um, yeah. And also, and I see this a lot. I see this a lot in people in general, but as a, a cis woman moving through the world, especially the internet, I see this from, uh, from a lot of cis guys. Um, 
Upskilling is not a test of intelligence. Like I know a thing. I don't have mm -hmm. to cite 85 sources or show you my degree from XY school to know a thing. Like what the fuck are we doing? I, I see that a lot in general. I witness it. Like it doesn't always happen to me, but I, I watch it happen to other people and it's not a good look. So <laughs> if, uh, if you find that you're like that with people you're supposed to care about, because remember we're talking about power exchange relationships, you, uh, you might want to, uh, Rethink that, revisit that. Those are the 18 love languages. Yeah. That's a lot. And I know some people are like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to come back and listen to this. I, I honestly recommend if these intrigue you at all, it's 10 bucks for, we or got the PDF straight from uh, Anne's site, like direct download. Then I was able to load it in my Kindle and moved on with my day. Um, if you are interested in these and exploring these and figuring out how do these work for your power exchange or just like a friendship or just other relationships where maybe you're struggling, uh, highly recommend. Yeah. Um, each, the all of the love languages are the center, the focus of the book and the fr front and end add some tidbits to help you kind of work through some of that. Um, what I get from a lot of this is um, that it's about taking care of one another in the ways that at any given time we we need and want from another person and that we are capable of providing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you have to follow every single 18 love language all the time. I don't think that's necessary. I think it's situational. What what is what are you going through? What is your partner going through? Yeah. What best applies? What mm -hmm. what will help them most? What will help me? What keeps us strong together? Um and I do, even though some of these don't don't speak to me on like that deep level, I read them as yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what it means to be a person in a relationship mm -hmm. of any kind. This isn't just sexual. This isn't just marriage. This isn't even just power exchange. Yeah. This is whatever kind of way you're relating to another person. These are the kinds of things that at some point you're gonna need to have some understanding yeah. of how to navigate and this. it's it's a, a simple enough read mm -hmm. we complicated and, the fuck out of it but it is yeah simple. it it's it's a simple enough read and you know while the the five low languages are are great they are I mean, useful for some they people, they, for many they are us. useful uh this adds some insightful layers and i i love that Anne made it and said if you didn't see yourself in five love languages, if you could not connect to that, mm -hmm. maybe you can connect to this. And just on a human level, because a lot of what they talked about in this book, I didn't think of it as a love language. I just thought about how I navigate the world with the people that I'm mm -hmm. close to. It's all transfers to people you're not close to as well, but you know, for yeah. our purposes. So I think it could also relational you, language. Yeah, it's like throw out the love language part. If that mm -hmm. doesn't really doesn't speak to you, this is like how do I better communicate? How do I better engage with my partner? How do I spend more quality time with them? How do I feel more connected to them? H highly fucking recommend this. Yeah. The uh, website where you can find it is themodernlovelanguages.com. The link is in the show notes for podcast listeners. It's in the description box for on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, we bought it straight from the website, $9.99. And we're still able to read it on uh, our Kindle app thing. So yeah. that was a lot. Mm -hmm. Somehow I thought we would go quicker through that, but... Here well, we you, there, there were a lot of uh, micro rants that popped up. There in were there. a lot of micro rants yeah. that popped up. My throat hurts again. That's how I know I've been ranting. 
their heart skin. <laughs> so that is all we have for the topic. We'll go into the bonus section. I mm -hmm. want to give one more shout out and thank you to Elegantly Owned for sponsoring this week's yes. episode. If you would like to win a collar from Elegantly Owned, you should enter our podcast anniversary giveaway at lovingbdsm.net slash giveaway. Link mm -hmm. in all the places. Um, or follow Elegantly Owned at Elegantly Owned on Twitter and Instagram. I think I'm done and we can go into the bonus section. So are we good? I don't know. As good as we're going to be, right? As we'll ever be. Okay. Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. I'm dancing again. I know, you're scaring me. Myself. Yeah, you are. Before I hurt myself, can I talk to the crickets, please? Well, I guess you'd better. I know, before I'm in traction or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Throw my back out and mm -hmm. doing the podcast from the floor. Oh, I'd be crying too hard. I'd be like, we're just not having a podcast this week. I threw my back out. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> we are here for the bonus section. What do we have for the bonus section? Here, I'll start. The children went back to school, and Woo! I only cried a little bit. Yes, so here's why I cried. I don't cry because my kids are getting older and going to school. I am the woohoo that JB just did. That's me. Woohoo! Please, please go to school. I cried one. It's the second year in a row I'm sending my children to school during a plague. That's ooh, tough. Uh, and this year, they don't have teachers enforcing them wearing masks so i have to just trust them but here here we are um so there's a little bit of that but really the reason i was crying is because um start of a new school year in a new school because it's middle school for the 11 year old and he is very anxious about it he is very nervous his best friend is at another school he only knows a couple of kids um at his current school he is an introvert to the extreme, very socially anxious, very shy on top of all of it. Until he warms up, he is just all of those things and it, he finds it hard to make friends. And so my heart hurts for him sending him out into those situations, but I have to send him out into those situations because I can't protect him and coddle him and not help him learn how to go through that and move through it. So we've done a lot of the emotional labor around here for the past week or so, just building yeah. him up, getting, helping him, talking him through stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I have extreme empathy with him. One, because he's my kid, of course, but two, because I understand how he feels. I have been there and I know how scary it is. Um, and so he, thankfully, because he's older and becoming more mature, he's asking, used to be that he would just stop and he would not move and he wouldn't speak and he would just shut down. And now, with me, at least, he's asking a lot of questions to try and prepare himself for what he might be able to expect. The problem is, is I feel like an old lady and I haven't been in middle school for 30 years. I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, I think it'll be like this. Well, I, I have found out one thing about him. Uh, when he came back from his grandmother's, uh, he helped me uh, run some chores. Oh God, you one had day. him busy. Uh, that one, especially that one day, uh, we went to the dump mm -hmm. together, had a bunch of yard trash. That's how you know you live in the take. country when you start talking about going to the dump. Right. And, uh, we, we ran another, a, a bunch of other errands on the tail of that as well. 
and you know we we spent a good part of the afternoon in the car um he is a very deep thinker oh yeah oh yeah you know we we had some some very interesting conversations in the car that day um some very thoughtful and insightful Mm -hmm. conversations on observations of things he's made and and yeah he is a very deep thinker he's a deep thinker and and like many anxious people i know he can see 85 angles of a problem (laughs) (laughs) uh and so then he's worried about Mm. all 85 of those angles of a problem so yeah i always i i get teary at the start of every school year because the when it's a new thing like starting the new new elementary school we moved that was tough because it was tough for him mm-hmm. um this year it was tough because it was tough for him um and when he was little he would start the kindergarten and first grade it he was a mess and, and couldn't cope and it was very tough for him second grade he was a little bit better and i was weepy because i was watching him grow up third grade he literally left my ass behind and didn't even wave goodbye and then i was weepy because it was like <gasps> my baby doesn't need me anymore. Yes, he does. He totally needs me. But so I cry every year. And then for the 16 year old, he's a junior in high school. He's doing dual enrollment at the community college and he's driving himself everywhere. We are grateful for that. Mm -hmm. We did this on purpose. We, he is capable of doing it, but I am both just a parent and also an anxious person. And so every time he leaves, I'm like, be safe. He doesn't know we exist until he needs uh, gas money. Or the parking decal money I yeah. gave him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like he walks out the door and I'm like, be safe, be safe, be safe. But I have to keep all that inside because if I ex- if I say all of it and externalize it, then he- now I've made him a mess and I'm like, oh, Lord, no, no, I'm not doing it. So we, uh, the happiness of these children being at school has clearly happened. I am literally bebopping around the house. I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm humming. Nobody wants me to do either of those things. It is not pleasant for anybody but me. But I'm doing it, and yet, then, like, my brain is divided, and the other half's like, oh, my God, but are, are my babies okay? Are they going to be okay? Are they going to be safe? Mm. Like, it's all that. But, yeah, so that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. It's just the start of a school year. Yep. Uh, I heard it very clearly. I'm sure it got picked up on the mics. Uh, at one point, Lola didn't just snore. She did that, like, old man snort snore. Yes, so if you yes, were like, yes, what? Yes, What's yes. That? that was Lola. Relaxing. Um, so, yeah. Ooh, what else? You haven't been able to work in the shop much because it's too I damn have, hot. I haven't been in the shop so very hot. much. It has been brutally hot. Um, Monday I did go out and work for a few hours. I think I lasted till about 10, 10.30. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where at the time of year where we just you just can only do what you can do. We yeah. did talk about, for like the third year in a row we've talked about, <laughs> we haven't made it happen yet. Maybe next year will be a magical year of for per, physical product production, mostly taking the summer off mm-hmm. um, as much as would be possible. Because, yeah. you're yeah, there comes a point, August is usually it, where you're only getting a couple hours out there before it's just too hot to, right. to function. Um, don't worry, I have stuff you can do inside. We're changing over slowly all of our product pictures Yeah. on the site. Um, so that's a project. Don't worry, I got you. Uh, after <laughs> we're done with this uh, live stream and the recording, we're going to make uh, a reel for uh, Instagram. Yes. I'm obsessed with them. So 
that one's gonna be for the kinkery i have some ideas for some loving bdsm reels that where our face is involved but we we're not there yet um so there's stuff we can do inside don't worry i've got uh, your social media manager and marketing team of one has got it mapped out don't worry okay all right um so yeah what else that's about it i mean we we have been really focusing on on back to school with the boys Mm -hmm. you know like you said uh the the 16 year old he's uh got a lot on his plate and he he wants to get a job on top of everything and and he has started uh applying to a few places for jobs which you know good for him yeah considering his uh gas money needs and his desire to hang out with all of his friends and he wants to drive there i'm like baby you're gonna have to get I, i give you a certain amount of gas money a month that's it. Mm-hmm. You got to come up with the rest. Yeah. So. So you know, it's uh, it's all been good. It's all been good. Yeah. There's yeah. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> we I mentioned a little bit ago we did our Patreon live Q and A just last weekend and one I went on some ferocious rants like I probably should be ashamed of myself but I'm not. Uh, but also yeah. like I spilled my guts there so I'm like well, shit I don't have anything to talk about but yeah back to school is is consuming us this week next week it'll be normal yeah stuff yeah you know i i look at this way too we're you know this week is going to be adjusting to the new school schedules and you know drop off and pick up and all that and uh yeah and so the 11 year olds middle school is a magnet program and so he got into it through florida's school choice or whatever the program is mm-hmm. called it was it's a lottery system we apply and if your name gets drawn yay and if it doesn't sucks sucks to suck as the 16 year old tells me um and so he got in and i'm very grateful because i think he's going to have better opportunities there than at the school he's zoned for and um <laughs> but it's a cross town thankfully it's not a cross town on the busiest highways no it's an easy drive but it's a drive yeah. and then because or it's the start of the school year every parent and their brother is dropping people off so the line is long and people don't have the the flow of it yet and so it's not moving and so then you sit in the line for like 10 15 minutes and then yeah. the drive home and i was like and i was not even thinking about it. i was like i I'm on this side of town. I could have gone to do this errand and that errand. And I was telling JB, I'm like, tomorrow I'll be late coming home from taking him to school because I got this errand and that errand because I can do, I'll be mm-hmm. there. I can go do it. But yeah, it's, we're adjusting to that again because for, for two years, it's been drop off for both kids was a total of 20 minutes. Yeah. One kid was 10 minutes away. One kid was mm-hmm. five minutes away. Done, mm-hmm. done, done. And now we're like, at least the next three years, yeah. a big old drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, there's adjusting stuff, yep. but it's exciting. I mean, we have we have toys we have to play with and test, and there will be nobody around during the day. And we're at the hottest part of the year for you, so it's like, hey, yeah. let's go have a scene because you're not outside working. <laughs> I'm good with that. There you go. Um, that's plenty. Yeah. Uh, I think we're done. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all for being here. Right. Thanks. For Thanks for joining us. And joining and and listening in. Hanging and, with us. And, yeah. Mm. Um, if you get a copy of the 18 modern love languages um let us know what you thought mm-hmm. and it, what you know speaks to you and and all that good stuff um but that i'm glad we did that this has been on my list yeah check this one off the list uh i guess i guess that's it yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna go now yeah. we love you guys bye, bye.